This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my mom and co-host... Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Mom. How are you? Good. Well, I'm out on the West Coast, and you are in the studio with uh, the Brooke and Colin Smith and their baby, yeah. right? Yeah, so if you, hear their, hear, if you hear their baby, their little man is right here, and he is absolutely darling. And we'll, have, we'll have to have Brooke and Colin introduce him. But we are going to talk today about stillbirth, and um, if you want, Mom, I can introduce Brooke and Colin. Yeah, why don't you do that? We've met them. We've got a, a TV show uh, that they're on, and I am so excited to be talking to them again. Yes, I am too. They're one. They're a wonderful couple, and they have a wonderful family. And um, they also have a story that's that's sad, but they've transformed their lives and found hope again. And they are going to tell us how they did that today. So Brooke and Colin's daughter Kennedy was delivered stillborn after failed attempts in their local community to find pregnancy loss support. Brooke and Colin, with the support of First Candle, created Not My Baby, Inc., a resource of support and education for families who have had perinatal or neonatal losses. Welcome to the show, Brooke and Colin. Hi. Uh, thank you thank for you. having us. Thank, thank you. you so much. Now, you just got a 501c3. and change, Did you change your name or just your website? Um, no, just the website. Um, we already had the .org, but we just decided to utilize it now that we received the 501c3. Okay, so it's still not my baby. I love that. How yes. did you get that name? Um, it just came to us, I think, um, around July um, after we lost Kennedy. Um, we had got our pathology report back, and uh, we really didn't know how she passed. They didn't really tell us anything. We saw the knot in the cord, but um, they actually kept trying to tell us that these type of knots don't necessarily kill babies, that... They told us that um, they normally loosen up or it didn't look that tight, you know. But after the pathology report came, um, they said the combination between the knot and it being around her neck, um, you know, was the cause of death. So um, it kind of just came to us. We knew we wanted to do something. We had decided on that directly after um, we lost her. And um, I believe we were just in the kitchen and the name just came to us. We were like, not our baby. Wow, you know, and and you were no. you were six months along in your pregnancy, or how far along were full you? Full term. You were full term I in was your pregnancy. Past due, yeah. You were past due, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and so you were how how far along were past um, due were you? Forty forty weeks and two days. Okay, and so did you know before you delivered Kennedy that something was wrong? Yes, um, it's actually an unfortunate situation. Um, I would say going into my ninth month. Um, in April, I felt something was wrong and I went to the hospital and I told them that I was experiencing decreased, um, fetal movement. And, um, unfortunately, um, I don't believe we were taken too seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, they did basic monitoring on us, but once they felt that she wasn't, um, in distress, you know, they, they literally laughed at us, laughed us home and said, Oh, your children will make liars out of you. And they Mm. sent us home. And um, we came back again about four weeks later. It was Mother's Day. Felt the same way. Um, I was feeling some pain. Um, the doctor actually, um, she didn't encu- encourage us to come in, you know, um, and this was from over the phone. You know, she said, oh, it sounds like early labor. 
And, you know, we said, no, you know, we're still going to go, you know. So we went to the hospital and um, again, they checked us. The nurse practitioner said, oh, she's a little lazy, you know, Um but again, we were sent home. Wow. And um, So they must have been seeing some movement or something to lead them to believe that everything yes. was fine. Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. that they, um, you know, they said lazy. So, you know, yeah. the funny thing about that, to me, that feels like you noticed Something's up. You know, something less right. than, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And, and that's part of the reason why I think we felt so passionate to start this organization because, you know, research is very important. You know, and unfortunately, there hasn't been as much research on this topic as there really should be, considering this is, you know, (laughs) the conception of life, you know. Exactly. You know, so. um, I I wanted to ask mm -hmm. Colin a question. Colin, it must have been really hard for you to see your wife feeling that there was something not right and them not taking it seriously. I remember when I I was going to have one of my kids and I told the doctor that I was going to have the baby and he said, oh no, you can go to my husband, you can leave because she's not going to have the baby. And it it was so frustrating for me because I knew I was and he didn't know what to do. And that must have been frustrating for you to have people keep sending her away. Yes, it's very, very, very... um uh, frustrating because uh, my viewpoint, there's no such thing as a low-risk pregnancy. Mm, I that, agree. Th- that's how I view it. There's no such thing as a low-risk pregnancy. Um, words like lazy or, you know, uh, children make lies out of you, that's not a medical uh, phrase to me. Um, to me, it definitely, our situation needed more um, observation. It needed more uh, more time. And, um but, you know, there's nothing I can do at this point but to spread awareness and to encourage people that um, be confident in, in, in knowing that, you know, you're just as smart and you, you know your body, you know, better than the doctors, you know. And, um, you know, just, to, you know, it's just very tough uh, being a husband to, to stand by and um, to watch that because I wasn't the patient, you know, so everything was being catered to my wife. But. I felt that definitely there could have been more action. Well, I think Colin's making a really good point because, you know, we often just say, well, if the doctors and nurses are saying this Mm -hmm. and we we doubt ourselves Mm -hmm. and it's like we know what's going on in our bodies. I mean, you're Kennedy and you formed a bond for nine months. You you know, you guys, you knew her rhythm. You knew her, Mm -hmm. you know, and but yet we do. We doubt ourselves. Once we walk through those hospital doors, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, we Mm -hmm. don't know what's going on. Let's turn it all over to the medical profession. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you're saying, Colin, sometimes we need to push back and say, wait a minute. Yes. Something's going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, he, also, he encouraged me Colin, to go the last time, actually, because after that second did. time I told you, yeah. um, we had um, just like about six days later, same thing, you know, because we were fighting for an, another appointment to come in. They were telling me, no, well, we normally do this well, at 40. Well, also, didn't I hear that... Um, they they don't want to do an ultrasound because it's too expensive. Oh, mm. that was actually during our pregnancy with Jackson. Mm. So with Jackson, we actually left a, a, a maternal fetal medicine doctor and a hospital because of the way we were treated during our pregnancy. Wow. So it hurts because it's a lesson we learned. You know, we learned that, you know, we hold the power you know, um, to a degree, mm-hmm. you know, of what happens in our pregnancy. And if you, um, you know, if you're you're seeking uh, medical care and you're not satisfied with the treatment that you're receiving, leave. 
And Jackson is the baby that's on your lap right now. Jackson is the baby that you he hear is now. So cute. I is... wish you guys could see him. <laughs> how, how old is he? He just turned five months. You know, that's why it's important, you know, um, you know, we keep them with us, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. I, I do apologize for anybody listening that might be going through a loss and, you know, even triggered by the sound of a, a baby. But, you know, you also yeah. have to understand how important he is to us. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, we keep him with us and we keep him involved with um, yeah. the things that we're doing, yeah. even as, you know, hope for those that even struggle with infertility or feeling that it won't happen you know, he's our little beacon of hope right here. I, I love that you're saying this, Brooke, for the, all those mm-hmm. out there that are listening, because you're making such a good point. There's yeah. people out there that have had loss. They're going to hear this baby cry and go, oh, no. But like you said, when you've had a loss of a child, mm-hmm. it changes the way you parent. Yes. Yeah. And you're going to hold this little beacon of hope close and bring him with you and, you know, do things maybe differently mm-hmm. because Kennedy, mm-hmm. you lost Kennedy. There's a, you, you get exposed to a whole bunch of different things. There's so many unsafe practices that happen. Yeah. That's why um, even with First Candle, I know they did, um, they have a campaign going for um, grandparents to ex- explain to grandparents, like, the different things that have changed since they've raised their children. And it's very important. So, it's kind of um, difficult, you know, to leave them in the hands of somebody else who may not be as cautious, you know. I don't want to say scared or fearful, but just cautious, you know, to understand that this is a new reality that we now live in. And these okay, things do I wanna, exist. I want to ask you, mm-hmm. uh, because you mentioned fears, how did you guys deal with the fear of that pregnancy? Oh, I would like gosh. both of you to know. I want to start with Colin. Yes. Colin. How did you feel when you heard she was pregnant again? I mean, I, I know you, mm. well, I won't even say how you felt. How did you feel and how did you deal with the fact that you had a stillbirth? Oh, uh, wow. Um, for starters, I was very thankful, thankful to God, very, you know, excited. But um, there was a level of, I was telling myself basically to, you know what? It happened before, and it's a possibility this could happen. And, and you know, again, God forbid. But you know, I, I I was just taking it one step at a time. Very, very um, uh, like didn't want to go through this again. You know, and I just kept thinking about it. And every time when we went to go for the sonograms, you know, it was just like. My heart was just beating out of my chest. You know, it was very, 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 um, very tough. Um, it was different, different, definitely different. Um, it, you know, um, yeah, it, it really, you know, going from a stillbirth and, you know, it's, it's seeing the ending of the situation and any, and even dealing with my wife, um, Prior to that, there was a time I dealt with a miscarriage before. And, you know, I've, you know, and then when my daughter, it was just like, I've seen the beginning, then I saw the ending. And then it's just like, wow, like, I, you know, it's like, what, what, what's next? And Mm -hmm. I, so I was very, um, you know, that scene of seeing doctors coming in and looking again and then telling, okay, we don't see a heartbeat from the beginning stage and then seeing it take place at the ending stage, I never saw that happen, and I was in shock. So, you know, with my son, I was uh, just trying my best to be strong for my wife and trying my best to you know, really not, you know, um, add on to what we have already are going through together, you know, as a couple, but I just try to tell myself to be strong. It was tough, though. 
Wow. And and how about you, Brooke? What um, about your fears? It was very difficult. Um, there were a bunch of emotions going through my mind, my heart. Um, for starters, um, you know, you do wonder if it'll happen again. There's nothing that anybody can really do to really comfort you. Um, we're people of great faith, um, great, great faith. And um, even through all my prayers and, and talking to God about the situation, I knew unless I was told... <laughs> Jackson's not funny. <laughs> I knew unless, um, you know, I was specifically told somehow through some way and some message that this pregnancy was going to actually make it through, I I couldn't trust it. I just wouldn't know. You know, yeah. so there's that uncomfortability because of that reality. Then, um, like Colin said, the sonograms. You know, you go into these places and um, it was a trigger at first because I was looking at the sonograms and at first it just looked like, you know, Kennedy's sonograms. Um, it hurt me. It was bittersweet to see the heart beating. You know, mm -hmm. because I all I did was remember that last sonogram that I saw with Kennedy where they kept showing us the chest cavity and, um, you know, we didn't see anything um, fluctuating. So that was difficult. Um, then it was dealing with the doctors. And um, like you had mentioned before, um, when we felt that we didn't feel him moving and we wanted to check again that they told us, oh, that they did a sonogram the week before and our insurance wasn't going to pay for another sonogram. And I'm sitting here like, what does that have to do with the well-being of my baby? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll find a way to deal with it. Yeah. If you have to bill us, bill us. Yeah. You know, but how could you not yeah. want to check if I'm telling you that I experienced something different? I mean, later for my history, exactly. what, about, what about him? What yeah. about his exactly. life? Yeah. You yeah. know, so I yeah. just don't understand why, you know... They don't take it that serious, and, and stuff like that is yeah. difficult. So we had to um, pray and make a move, and, and that was scary, yeah. you know, because yeah. at this point, we were well over 23 weeks, mm. you know, um, at, at one of the hospitals that we had um, first chosen. Um, they didn't want to check the cord. Wow. Told me, oh, we were so, too early. So let me, let me uh, fast forward a little bit. You, um, one of the things I know you talked about on the TV show is that you didn't even realize that it didn't occur to you immediately that you were going to have to deliver a baby mm -hmm. after the baby had died, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. That's one of the things that I don't think people realize is yeah. that after after so many weeks, you have to go to the hospital and deliver a baby. Yeah. Unlike uh, unlike a miscarriage, so it. it you know, it's a it's a quite a thing, but I want to fast forward because you're doing such wonderful things now. You've got this fabulous little Jackson, who, mm -hmm. I, as Heidi said, I wish you could see him, and we will have some pictures. We're going to put this on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But talk about what you're doing with your group. Isn't it at the Brooklyn Library or somewhere? Yes. Um, one of the first things that we did was start a peer support group, and um, we meet at the Brooklyn Public Library. I actually have one of our partners. Um, Danny, she's actually meeting with, um, ooh, Jackson. She's actually meeting with um, some of our group members um, today. And um, yeah, we sit, we talk, we laugh, we, we go through the motions with each other and um, just, you know, work it out with everybody to find out what everybody's individual path is to healing and path is to recovering. And then um, Colin has yeah. his men's group that he works on where, um, you know, yeah. there right now we're trying to get um, tickets for sporting events. Mm 
You know, oh, have great. something Colin, to you got a I love it. <laughs> love yeah. it. It's a break, yes, break so. the ice. Go ahead, babe. Yeah, That's definitely. awesome. Colin is, that Colin is a great guy. Oh. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to get, how are we going to find you? At information at notmybaby.com? Yes, um, definitely there. And we also have an awareness campaign that has done very well. Um, to It started off um, for Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, but um, we're going to keep it going all year long. It's hashtag go pink and blue. Go pink and blue. Yes. Um, Go we, pink and blue. Yeah. yeah, I saw that on the on the web. It's really cute. Yeah, tight. thank you. Yeah. We, we've thank had you. over a hundred thousand people change um their um add our overlay to their profile picture. Wow. And we received That's over amazing. a half a million likes. That is amazing. Oh, so wow. it shows how much um you know support there is in this community. It's just yeah. that. People are not talking about it. People didn't know that it exists. But, yeah. you know, we're hoping through the support of this program and this campaign that, you know, we'll be able to get more word out. Awesome. Okay, so before we close the show, I want to ask both of you, what gave you the hope and willingness to have another baby? And uh, and even if I don't want to have another baby, how can I find hope again after loss, or there are other ways to have babies. Heidi and I have talked about this. Heidi's adopted. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nephews and nieces. There are all sorts of ways to have children in your life. But if I've had, what gave you guys hope, I guess? Well, personally, um, Jesus. Yeah. I'll just say it. Your faith. <laughs> your my, faith. My faith. That's important. You know, everybody yeah. has, um, you know, different beliefs. But mm-hmm. for us personally, um, that was the only thing that we were able to hold on to, the only thing that kept us sane. Mm-hmm is to know um, his love for us and to know that, um, you know, though this was very painful, um, we know that his intentions aren't to harm us. So the situation might be hurtful, but his intentions aren't to harm us. And we know that um, he has something prosperous for us in the future. So we just had to hold on to that. I love that. Okay, I'm going to give Colin the last word. (laughs) (laughs) Colin, Um, (laughs) if you had a piece of advice for a guy out there who's trying to support his wife and trying to deal with his own loss over this, what would you say to him? Uh, I would just tell him that um, it's okay to cry. It's okay to, um, you know, just share your feelings. Um, Society... um, doesn't um normally look as look for men to uh to be open and i think it's very important that you know we are human beings and as a man if you can just open up and communicate um in whatever way you can um just express your feelings and communicate to your partner communicate to to your spouse let them know that you know what what you feel um because it's been a hard thing for me to do, um, you know, going through that, going through the the loss. And, you know, I'm just telling myself I have to be strong. I have to be strong. And, you know, at some point I had to cry and let it out. And um, at some point I had to speak about it. And there's things I had to tell my wife. Hey, I felt things could have been done this way. And, you know, and we just had to talk things out, good, bad and ugly, you know, and then come together and um, just understand that you're a part of a team. And, and ah, thank it. you on that note. Well, Heidi, thank you guys for being on the show today. Thank you thank for you. having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, you guys. And and they really yeah. did, you can see it in here, grieve together also yeah. and support each other. And it's so important. So 
Thank you, yeah. Brooke and Colin and Little Jackson for coming in today. And I yeah, really feel you. like you are doing so much for the world and you're doing it to honor to honor and celebrate Kennedy's life. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Say bye-bye, Jackson. And Heidi and I always want to remind everyone listening that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.